I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 121, in which I turn three, and I'm recording this on Monday, what is it, April 7th, 8th, something along those lines, 2013, and mm. I... Sorry, my computer is talking to me for some reason. Um, I will try to ignore that. I just wanted to start out saying thanks for listening. I guess my computer wanted to join in and say thank you too. Um, it's been a wonderful three years. My um, actual podcast anniversary is March 28th, but uh, because of schedules and all sorts of other stuff going on, I just wasn't able to post this podcast anniversary episode until now. But that's okay. You know, my husband used to always joke that my real human birthday used to be a month of birthdays because we'd celebrate with a variety of people once I was combining families. Um, nowadays, not so much. But anyway, I guess I feel like I'm doing that with my podcast anniversary as well. It's just, oh, it's just a party that keeps on going. But I'll be talking a little bit more about the podcast anniversary later. In this episode, I've got some announcements to make, a little bit of a Sandy message, uh, sorry, a Sandy update, and then we're going to talk about threes in celebration of my podcast anniversary, and I have a giveaway to announce. So let's start right out. Our first announcement that we have is to celebrate on my third podcast anniversary, it seems almost fitting, to announce and celebrate the launch of a brand spanking new baby podcast. Our friend Carolyn in the UK has finally, after months of many of us egging her on, launched her own podcast. You really have to give it a listen. She did a wonderful job with her first episode, much better than I did with my first one, and much better than I've done with many of my <laughs> episodes over the last three years. Plus, I love listening to her accent. I'm a sucker for a British accent. I'm sorry about that. Um, her podcast is named Bashful British Quilter, and you can find it on bbq.podbean.com. That's Bashful British Quilter, bbq.podbean.com. Do give her a listen and give her some commenty love. I'm not sure yet if you can subscribe through iTunes. It takes a little while for iTunes to pick it up into the syndication and be able to subscribe. Um, I'm already subscribed through other means, so I don't know. I didn't check, but you are likely to be able to find it there now. I think it's been close to a week since she posted. So hopefully you can um, subscribe to it through iTunes. Let me know. Leave a comment if you can, just so other people know. Again, welcome to the fold, Carolyn. It's great to hear you on the airwaves and to put a voice with the email address and um, Twitter feed, etc., that we've all known for so long now. Congratulations. I am very, very excited that I've... Um, kind of halfway confirmed, well, I've confirmed that I've got a lot of interviews I'm going to be doing in the next few months, really exciting ones. I've just got to get them on the calendar with the um, person I'm interviewing and, and schedule those interviews, but I'm really excited. So make sure you listen because year four of this podcast is going to be a great one. Very excited about that. Keep posted here. 
Um, a quick mention of the recent issue of American Patchwork and Quilting. In fact, it's actually their June 2013 issue. Um, I got it on a, a while back. I subscribed. So I got June, like, you know, in mid-March. But I just wanted to highlight, there was a really, really cool article in this this time. And I think Sandy of Quilt Cabana Quarter might have mentioned this on one of her recent podcasts. Um, I, I've always loved American Patchwork and Quilting is my favorite quilt magazine. But in this particular article, they really, I think, outdid themselves. Um, the June 13, uh, sorry, June 2013 issue is the one with the words color, 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 three looks for every quilt on the front. And it's got a red, white, and blue quilt. Um, the article is named Stash Rx, in which Weeks Ringle of Modern Quilt Studio, quote unquote, shares her remedy for those hard to figure out what to do with fabrics in a quilter's stash. It's one of the best done articles I've seen in a long time, and it's primarily because the article itself had a lot of good ideas and suggestions for ways to use um, more difficult-to-use fabrics. But what I really appreciated about it is for each suggestion she gives, and of course they're all very well illustrated, which is what American Patchwork and Quilting do, you know, really excels at, um, for each suggestion, then there is a reference to another quilt later in the magazine that uses that exact same suggestion in either the main quilt or one of the color options. So it really ties the whole magazine together <laughs> in a really super cool way. It's it's very holistic where it comes to magazines. So I just, I needed to give that a shout out because I really, really appreciated the article. There were great ideas in there. And then, like I said, it actually tied it into several places in the rest of the magazine. It was really a stellar article. So kudos to American Patchwork and Quilting. If you haven't seen that magazine, um, that issue yet, I do think that article itself makes it worth it. So I highly recommend picking that up. I also want to say um, thank you to a friend who I'm not sure wants me to mention her by name, but a friend sent me a book as a gift, and I really love it. It's Stitch Alchemy, Combining Fabric and Paper for Mixed Media Art by Kelly Perkins. As this friend said, it reminded her of Quilting Arts magazine. As she said, stuff that's beautiful to look at, but I'd really not be likely to ever actually do. And so she said she thought it sounded like I might actually mess around with the stuff in this book. And right she is. Um, they are wonderful ideas. Looks like a lot of fun. And as she also said, I can make a huge mess doing it, which is what I love doing. So um, the book is about making what she calls paper cloth using fabric, paper, and plenty of glue. And then the book then illustrates a, just a boatload of techniques you can use. Painting, foiling, decorative stitching, different types of paper for different effects, layering, applique, felting, embroidery. There's just a ton of stuff in there. I haven't even finished going through it yet. Um, I want to say thank you, Nameless Friend, for sending that. And for any of you who might be into kind of playing with different types of textiles or different types of fabric, uh, fiber arts, this would be a good book to add to your library. Again, it's Stitch Alchemy, Combining Fabric and Paper for Mixed Media Art by Kelly Perkins. I will put a link to that on the show notes to this episode. And the final, I don't know if I'd call it an announcement or a thank you or information, but I guess it's kind of a combo of all three. I need to also give a shout out to Sandy of Quilt Cabana Corner, Diane, aka at DDR Quilter, and Daisy of Very Lazy Daisy Podcast. Um, they have been helping me over the last several days with a particular sticky wicket about my website that I just can't figure out. And I've been on the um, tech support 
with this particular issue, they're not really being able to figure it out. I've got to give Squarespace tech support, though, a huge shout out because they are super responsive. I mean, I send a tech support request and within half an hour I've heard from somebody and it's not just that robo, hey, we'll get to your thing within the next 24 to 48 hours. It's an immediate human being response. Um, and it's, they've been really, they've been working with me all weekend just trying to figure out and we've, we've kind of done a couple things. So the, the problem with the website is not the website itself. If you go to my website on a computer, you're fine. Um, no matter what browser you use, you're fine. If you go to my website on, it seems to be very specific to using Safari on an iPhone or an iPad. And I mean, when you click on Safari and then go to www.quiltingfortherestofus.com directly, about half of the time, well, it kind of depends on who's talking. For me, on my iPad, actually, I'm running about 75%. About 75% of the time, it works fine. 25% of the time, roughly, it takes a long time to load and then kind of freezes up. Um other folks have had a little bit less luck and it kind of depends on when they're using, whether they're using their iPhone or their iPad or whatever. Um, you know, sometimes it loads, sometimes it freezes up. Now, here's the weird thing. When I'm on Feedly on my iPad and I look at one of my blog posts on Feedly and I click visit the website from there, it's perfectly beautiful, fine. Everything loads, no delay, nothing. It shoots right on there. It's something about Safari specifically. So I'm still working on it with tech support. Um, this is just to let you know, I, I don't use Bloglovin, so I don't know if you click on visit the website if you get the same thing, but in Feedly, visit the website that way, it's beautiful. Um, for the time being, do know that I am aware that there is something going on with accessing it directly through Safari. Don't know what it is. Again, it's fine on computer. It's fine if you go at it through Feedly, if you go at it through one of these other feeds. Um, the other thing is, uh, and this is specific to feeds, if you want to subscribe to my blog, as I've said before, you can subscribe to it through email, which a lot of people have done. That's probably the simplest way. Um, there's a link for doing that on the, on the sidebar to the blog. If you want to use a feed reader, you can't just put in www quiltingfortherestofus.com into the feed reader because I've got that pointing to my homepage, which is, it, it's a landing page. It's not the blog or the podcast. And I did that because I have both blog and podcast things on there. So I couldn't really decide, well, do I have it posted to the blog or the podcast? So I just created a landing page. Plus it looks spiffy. Um, so on my blog, I do have the feeds in the sidebar. If you click on the feed for the blog, if you click on the feed for the podcast, you'll see the feeds. Here's the thing. Chrome, you have to install an add-on to see a feed. This is not just my website, this is any feed. What happens when you, if you're in Google Chrome, and if you click on either the blog or the podcast RSS feed links in the sidebar, you're going to see a page that looks like it's just a bunch of HTML coding. Ignore all that, just look up in the browser bar, you'll see the feed there, and just copy and paste that into your um, thing. At, at this point, you know, there's not an auto link to click and subscribe this automatically to Feedly or to Bloglove, and everything goes to Google Reader still. <laughs> so you got to, you just got to, you know, we got to wait for that to go away and everybody else come up to speed. But again, you will see those links. Also, depending on how your settings are set up, even if you just hover the cursor over the link, you can often see the RSS feed right there. 
Um, I know this all seems really complicated, but it's not. If you just do it the once, then you're done. It, it works fine. I would just suggest don't use Chrome. Chrome is kind of, Chrome is really fast, but a lot of websites aren't really activated for Chrome. They're still getting there. Um, I actually use Firefox myself all the time. Explorer is really glitchy. I use Firefox all the time and everything works fine in Firefox. Um, so anyway, those are just a few hints about the website. Again, I'm still on the tech support with Safari. I hope to have it cleared up in the next day or two. Um, but other than that, the RSS feeds are all working fine. They're all working fine in Feedly. They are actually working fine in Bloglovin. I did actually subscribe to myself in Bloglovin just to make sure it did work. Um, and again, for the podcast, nothing's changed. It's still in iTunes, so don't worry about that. So that was all a very long way to go about saying thank you to Sandy, Diane, and Daisy um, for helping me out with that. Okay, so let's talk about my third podcast anniversary. Um, first of all, I, I really can't believe I've gotten to three years. <laughs> Again, I said this on my second birthday. I said this on my first podcast anniversary. I said this on my first podcast anniversary. I never really expected anybody to listen in the first place. So the fact that I'm still doing this three years later is really a hoot. Um, the fact that I can still come up with topics to talk about three years later is really a hoot. I don't think I've actually repeated myself all that much. Maybe I have. I have not gone back and listened to three years worth of my podcast. Um, I know some folks who are maybe just coming in new to this may, might be doing that. So maybe you can let me know if you're, you know, finding that I'm repeating myself and doing the same episode 15 times a year. Um, I decided to celebrate my three years of podcast anniversary that I was going to think of this as the episode of three. So I'm going to talk about a few threes in my life. So the first thing is my three favorite things about quilting. My three favorite things about quilting, number one, and this is really the big one, is there is always something new to learn. I am huge on learning. Um, my first thing when I'm having to do something new for work or something, or I've come across a new topic that interests me, I immediately try to find as many books and websites and everything as I can. I try to always keep learning and keep um, growing and, and exploring new perspectives and everything. And in my life, before I started quilting, I had tried a few different types of crafts before, and I would enjoy them for a few months, but then I'd get bored, because I'd kind of, you know, figured out how to do most of what you need to do for, do for the craft, so then it was just a matter of trying to find different ways to do what I already knew how to do, and, and eventually I would just lose interest. But what I have found in quilting, there is absolutely no room for boredom in quilting. <laughs> There's always something new to learn, a different style, a different technique, different methods for doing things, um, even just doing different patterns, different designs, different fabrics, always something new. And that is probably my ultimate top favorite thing about quilting. That's what keeps me doing it. My second favorite thing about quilting is just playing with color and shape when I spend my whole day with words and spreadsheets. Um, I, I, my job... Uh, well, I'm kind of a generalist. I do a lot of different things. I do um, some designing of flyers and e-promos and marketing and ads and all that kind of stuff. But I do mostly a lot of writing and editing. Um, and I do work with some spreadsheets, although not, I don't do a lot of numbers, but I do have to do them on occasion. I use spreadsheets actually for other reasons. I use them to create my table of contents and my task lists um, with calendar items when I'm trying to schedule stuff out, all that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that just you, you're kind of brain dead at the end of the day. And it is so nice to 
shut down my computer and walk probably, oh, that's maybe seven or eight feet over to my cutting table and sewing machine because they all share a space and just start playing with color and shape. It's just a way to sort of transition myself from one world to another, give my brain um, a chance to flex its other muscles and just really be in this completely different world. So I really appreciate that as well. My third thing about, um, my third favorite thing about quilting is the community. Um, most of my besties now I have made through quilting. They're people I've met at my guild or, or through, you know, this, uh, this online community as well. Um, or, you know, there's my BFF BQF Kate and I have known each other since first or second grade. We've been friends pretty much all of our lives, but we're even closer now that we have quilting in common and, and we spend a lot more time together because of, um, quilting. So really one, my third favorite thing about quilting is the community. It's just really a wonderful, wonderful thing. My next category is my three favorite things about podcasting. So one of my favorite things, and these are in no particular order either. Um, probably, uh, I mean, one of my favorite things is really getting to say almost anything I want. Um, I still try to be, you know, civil and polite and nice and kind and all of those kinds of things. But, um, I actually, you know, if you didn't start with me from the beginning, you may not know this. I started this podcast because I was doing a podcast for work. And, you know, I was doing all this really kind of neat and interesting thing for work and decided, why should work have all the fun? <laughs> why shouldn't I do something like this for fun, too, so I can just do whatever episodes come to mind and, and shape it the way I want? Now, over the years, what's actually happened is things I've learned doing this podcast have then spilled over into um, our work, my work podcast. Um, so this has become kind of a, a ground for experimentation um, and that kind of thing. But still, I I just love having a podcast where I can just decide, hey, what interests me today? This is what I'm going to talk about. And that's a lot of fun. Um, generally speaking, I have learned that what interests me is going to interest at least half of my listeners. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not necessarily out there, you know, on some wild cutting edge of things where I'm losing people that I know of. If I am, let me know. Um, but I usually figure if I have a question, probably other people have the same question. If I'm interested in, in some piece of information, probably other people are also interested in that piece of information. So it's really been fun for me to follow some interests to... Um, pick up on things that I'm just kind of curious about and finding out that yes, absolutely from the comments I'm getting, other people are also curious or interested about that as well. So that's been a lot of fun. My, uh, another favorite thing I'm trying to keep from saying first, second, and third, because these are not in any particular order in this category. Um, another favorite thing I have about podcasting is meeting great new people and having a chance to interview them. I have said time and again on this podcast, interviews are absolutely my favorite thing to do. I much prefer to have a conversation than to do a monologue. Um, you know, I will sit here and happily talk at, into my microphone in front of my computer and pretend there's other people <laughs> in the room. Um, but really, I much prefer sitting down with somebody or, or being on Skype with somebody if I can't be with them in person and, and asking them questions and following my curiosity about them and giving them the chance to share their story with my listeners. So I have, you know, when I think back on what my favorite episodes are, they're all interviews, every single one of them. I really enjoy them. And, you know, again, I'm so excited about the ones I've got coming up for this year. So this is going to be really, really cool. 
My um, a third favorite thing, a third favorite thing I have about podcasting is, again, I have to say it, the community. I have met so many people through my podcast and through listening to other podcasts and then also through Twitter. It's really been a lot of fun. You know, I, I feel like, yeah, I've got friends all across the country now. A lot of them, I don't know what they look like unless they happen to post their picture as their avatar. <laughs> um but you really feel like you get to know people, you know, especially I, I noticed this first with the other podcasters, podcasters, all of us who tend to listen to each other's podcasts, we have this kind of running conversation often through our podcast, where we're responding to one another through the podcast. So you really, it is kind of a conversation, not quite in real time. Um, but that's where I first noticed it was I really felt like I was getting to know these other podcasters and that they were getting to know me um, through our broadcast. And then, you know, as people started becoming, some of you are fairly consistent commenters, you know, you, you pretty much once a month or so, if not every episode, every few episodes, I will hear from kind of the same people. Um, and then a lot of us all kind of flocked to Twitter at about the same time, and we're all now in communication through Twitter. Um, it it's really has been a lot of fun. So I really appreciate the community that has come about through podcasting. So I want to say thank y'all to all y'all for being part of that community. All right, three things that I have learned from my Twitterverse friends. Um, those of you who aren't on Twitter, you really are missing out. I know a lot of people say, why would I want to be on Twitter? People just talk about what they're having for lunch. Well, you know, sometimes people have really interesting stuff for lunch and they post really cool pictures of what they're having for lunch and we've swapped recipes based on what we're eating for meals. So that is fun. Um, but I had to, when, when I came up with... Um, when I was thinking about, okay, what are three specific things I've learned from my Twitterverse friends? The first one that came to mind is really pretty entertaining. I learned about the Zombie Run app. <laughs> and it is really a hoot. And it has actually really helped keep me motivated at the gym. Because I know every day I'm going to get the next um, episode in, in the storyline in the Zombie Run app. Um, so there is some serious love there. And I really have to give a, a shout out again to Katie of Katie's Quilting Corner, a.k.a. at Quilted Magnolia on Twitter, um, for introducing me to that z zombie app. And, you know, it really is fun. If if you are somebody who goes to the gym and runs or walks or whatever, it, it doesn't, you don't have to be a runner to use Zombies Run. I use it on the elliptical. There's some parts of it that don't work if you're not outside using GPS, um, but I still get the storyline. I still get all the um, the music. I still get a certain amount of um, record keeping, even though I'm in a gym on the elliptical and not being tracked by GPS. But it is a lot of fun. So I, I want to say thank you for that. And that is one thing I've learned from my Twitterverse friends. Another thing I've learned from my Twitterverse friends, I get great free motion quilting design ideas through the pics that everybody's tweeting. Um, it is really wonderful to see you know, people posting, hey, you know, here's a block I just finished quilting, boom. And you have that immediate inspiration for, oh, well, geez, that would be the perfect design to use on my project that I'm working on over here. Um, so that's been a real help. Uh, the problem is with Twitter that it's really hard to go back in time <laughs> on stuff. So periodically, you know, I may have to say to somebody, by the way, a while back you tweeted thus and so. Can you retweet that for me? Because I can't find the picture now. Um which everybody's always pleased to do. But it's really, you know, all the photos, that's most of what we're sending each other is photos of our quilts, photos of our quilting, 
um, photos of our cats and dogs <laughs> and, and periodically photos of food, but it's a lot of fun. The third thing I've learned about myself from my Twitterverse friends is that apparently I am an enabler. I have been called that. <laughs> I am an enabler. Apparently, whenever I tweet about a new craftsy class that I just signed up with for or fabric I've bought or projects I've taken on or um, some new kind of stuff I'm into, inevitably, apparently, somebody ends up spending money. <laughs> and, and I just have to laugh because you do it to me, too. So, you know, turnabout is fair play. Um, so that's kind of fun to, to just learn that, yeah, I can make you spend your money. <laughs> that's always fun. Three things I've learned about life from quilting. We're going to get a little deeper here, but not very. I have learned how to be less of a perfectionist. I have a very, very strong perfectionist streak. And I have really had to teach myself that in quilting, done is really better than perfect. I mean, I'm not trying to go for sending something to Houston. If I was trying to send something to the show in Houston, obviously I'd have to worry a lot more about perfection. But for me, for the enjoyment, for what I am doing done is better than perfect. I, that doesn't mean I don't strive for the best skills possible, but I let myself off the hook. Um, part of learning to be less of a, of a perfectionist is to understand, as Francis of Off Culture Quilt would say, muggles don't know the difference. Um, even my family, who are well-educated muggles, uh, you know, if I show them a quilt, they're like, oh, that looks great. And then I say, yeah, but this one little thing is bothering me. And they're like, I wouldn't have even seen it had you not pointed it out. <laughs> so I'm really trying to learn to stop pointing things out, too. Um, and, you know, really the main thing about learning to be less of a perfectionist for me is what's really important for me is having fun in the process. Like I said earlier in this episode, um, for me, color and shape is a huge change from what I spend the rest of my day doing for work, being in my head with words and numbers and all of those kinds of things. Um, it's, it's really, it's stress reduction. It's exploring my creativity. For me, it's exploring my creativity as it relates to my spirituality. All of those things are about the process and not so much about the product. So really learning to have fun in the process and letting up on myself a little bit about those perfectionist tendencies is, is really important. And that has spilled over into other parts of my life. You know, in work, I used to um, edit the heck out of things. I, I, I've always been somebody who works best to a deadline. So I need a deadline and I meet deadlines, but I would be stressing, um, you know, those last couple of days, last few hours, I'd be up till midnight, I'd be editing, 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 editing. And finally, I learned to just say, you know what, it's good enough, and send it off. And um, there's always things, you know, even once something is in print, I have trained myself not to look at it. Once I get my file copy back of whatever we just published, I will not open the covers. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see a single thing that I think now, shoot, I should have changed that, you know. Um, so that's all about learning how to be less of a perfectionist. Another thing I've learned about life from quilting really is that color is everywhere. Beauty is everywhere, if you just know where to look. Um, I have really started looking at the world with different eyes. You know, it's partly, it's also the eyes of a photographer. You know, you're thinking about composition. You're looking at line and color and shape and perspective and you're looking at all of those things as artists do it's it may not even specifically be 
for quilt inspiration. It's just a different way of appreciating the world. And I, I've gotten so much out of that. You know, now when we're on vacation, I not only look at, oh, isn't that a cool building? I look at, well, why is that a cool building? What is it that's appealing to me? And I look, I try to take photos that are unusual angles or really highlight a particular feature rather than just, you know, the front on picture of the building. I still have some of those, but I, I always try to appreciate them more. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it, like I said, it's a very different way of looking at the world. And I really appreciate that. Um, I've always been a little bit like that because I've always been into photography, but being in, involved in quilting and looking specifically for quilt um, inspiration really just sort of cranked it up to the nth degree. So I very much appreciate that. Another thing I've learned about life from quilting is that having a list and achieving goals is a good thing, but being open to impulse and doing something just because you suddenly have the whim to do it is also a good thing. Um, I am an inveterate list maker. I, you should see my outlook for work. I use that task list, well, again, to the nth degree. I, everything is dependent on that task list. And I, I was saying to my husband the other day, I realized in that way I'm very much like my father. My dad used to have this little notebook. He actually made himself in his leather tooling phase and actually tanning his own leather. Sorry, vegetarians. Um, he used to tan the hides of the cows that we had on our farm that we would eat once a year. Anyway, he, out of one of his own tanned hides and then his own leather tooling, he made himself a holster that would go on his belt and it had his notebook and a pen in it. This was obviously in the days before PDAs. Um, it's, he would then write everything in that notebook. And our running joke as a family was, if he didn't have us in that notebook, he'd forget we even existed. <laughs> So I'm realizing now, yeah, I'm pretty much my dad in that way. I have lists, and if I don't have a list, I forget to do things. Um, however, in my quilt life, I have also learned that even though I have this, my list in my quilting life right now is a series of post-it notes stuck on the side of my quilting uh, cutting table. That's now how I kind of keep track of where I am in projects and things and what I want to try to accomplish next. Um but I'm okay with periodically ignoring that set of post-it notes and just saying, hey, I feel like doing this today instead. Um, I do still try to look at the list and say, is there something fast I can knock out quick just to feel like I'm making a little bit of progress before I do this other thing? But I don't stick myself to it rigidly. If I decide I want to do something else, I do that other thing. Because quilting is one of those places in my life where I can do it. In work, you know, I, I can't really do something on a whim very often. Sometimes. Um... But usually I've got my list and I got to stick to it. Um, in quilting, I have that freedom. I can do what I want. Has that spilled over into other parts of my life? I think so. I think so. Um, it's a little bit easier now that my husband and I are empty nesters. We can, you know, give in to impulse on, on more of a, an occasion and say, hey, we feel like going away this weekend. Or, hey, we feel like going out to dinner tonight with no planning ahead. Um Yes, I'm enjoying being an empty nester. Miss my kids, but wow, is it fun. <laughs> but anyway, you know, that's been fun. We did, even when the kids were little, though, we did used to do a lot of impulsive things. They would come home from school and I'd say, hey, I don't have anything to do this afternoon. I have no meetings tonight. Let's get in the car and go for a hike. You know, we would do stuff like that. But I was, I was much more restricted in those days just due to schedule and, you know, sandwich generation at that point with my parents' health, etc. 
so it's really nice to be in an area of life now where I can take advantage of that. I know I won't always be in this this place. There will come a time when I'm once again in a sandwich generation with my husband's parents, when maybe my kids have stuff going on or my husband or I develop health issues that have stuff going on or whatever. Um, but I am I am because of this now need to be able to just do what I want when I want to do it on occasion. I have been much more careful about not overscheduling myself too. Um, I used to be somebody that if I had a free night, that was an excuse for a meeting. You know, okay, what do I have to do? Whose house do I have to be at? Who should I be calling? What um, newsletter do I need to be putting out? This, that, or the other thing. I rarely had a night to just sit and do anything. And I am now fairly rabid about keeping as many of my evenings free as possible. Um, to explore these other things or just to be able to hang out with my husband and have fun. You know, it's, it's kind of this whole different frame of reference I'm in now. And, and really a lot of that came out of quilting and, and wanting to have that freedom and realizing why didn't I feel like I had that freedom? Well, cause I don't feel like I have that freedom here or there or other places. And then just sort of reevaluating where I'm at. So that's, that's something else I've learned about life from quilting. I'm not saying don't have a list or try to achieve goals. I do that, as you know. I mean, I do the quilty resolutions. I, I do these things. They're sort of my overall framework. But I want to be free to just throw it out and do something else on a whim as well. So those are three things I've learned about life from quilting. Um, finally, my last category, three things, three things I want to do in quilting in the future. Um, really kind of just more of what I've been doing lately. I want to do more of what I've been playing with lately. I want to do a lot more fabric dyeing. I want to do more surface embellishment. I really want to keep learning a lot of different types of um, techniques for those things and, and how to get different kinds of results. I want to do more fusible art quilts. I'm so into <laughs> this whole concept now. I've got designs in my head of stuff I want to do using some more of my hand dyed. So, you know, those two things go together. Um, that sort of thing. So I'm, I want to keep continuing with that. I also want to work more on my free motion quilting and my thread painting skills. Um, I've done a lot of both, but not really consistently sitting down and practicing. First of all, because that just sounds tedious to me. I know I have to do it, but um, what I've decided to do is to make um, a lot of, like I said on my blog, and I think in previous issues of the uh, issues episodes of this podcast is I want to knock out some disappearing nine patch um, quilts to use for donations specifically then to be able to practice my free motion quilting skills on those. Um, I did get information from our local humane uh, shelter, animal shelter, humane society. I think I've mentioned this previously about what size they need for cat mats. So I've got that um, in hand so that if I've got scrap fabric or whatever, I can throw that together. And that's an even better size for practicing three, free motion quilting because it's small. And I can practice different types of free motion quilting on those cat mats because <laughs> the cats are not going to care. So, you know, those are kinds of some things I've got in mind that I want to um, start working on. And I've got almost every free motion quilting or machine quilting related class from Craftsy I've bought and it's in my queue. Almost everyone, not all of them, but almost everyone. Um, I am currently sort of watching the uh, Leah Day one, the sampler free motion quilting class. I haven't actually started doing it, but it's one that I'm watching as I'm working on other projects. Um, 
and I'm going to probably continue to do that and then decide how am I actually going to practice. I'm not going to do the, the sampler, um, but like I said, how am I going to transition the project she has and the skills that she has into these other things I'm just going to do on my own. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. And then the third thing I really want to do in the future, this is um, something new or rather an expansion of stuff I've already done. And it's something I'm talking about doing with a couple of my guild buddies. I really, really, really want to go to one of those week-long quilt seminars like um, a Ricky Tim's retreat or the Empty Spools seminar, or there's Hudson River Valley classes here closer to home. Um, there's also one called Quilting by the Lake uh, so uh, near in New York State. So there's opportunities around me. My biggest issue is a lot of them are in the summer when I'm traveling a lot for work. So right now it's it's hard for me to work those into my schedule. Um, some of them, other ones are kind of throughout the year, but that's something I, I really want to make a commitment to doing, um, probably not in 2013, since I'm going to Paducah this year, that's sort of, you know, shooting my quilting event funding for 2013, but I might be able to pull out something like that in 2014. So that, that's kind of a dream for me that I'd really, really like to do, but it has to be the right one. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of exploration of that. If, if any of you, I know um, some folks who have been to Empty Spools, I was very jealous while they were posting <laughs> about it. Um, but if any of you have been to any of these kind of week-long intensive seminar, kind of smaller group sort of things, and want to let me know, please do. I would very be very interested in, in exploring um, what other options are out there beyond what I might already know about. So those are the three things I really want to do in quilting in the future. So that's my episode of three. Now here's the fun news for you. You get to play along. I've got a giveaway. I've got a really good giveaway. It is sponsored by, what kind of girl am I? I'm an Aurifil girl. So this one is sponsored by Aurifil Thread. I want to say thank you to Aurifil. Um, they have sent me sample packs. Each one has five different threads in it, five different Aurifil threads of various sizes, various colors, some variegated, some solid. Um, I believe I have, I'm counting up one, two, three, four, five of those. So I've got five sampler packs. I'm going to give away to five lucky winners. And in addition, they also sent me the Tula Pink Aurifil Collection sampler pack, which has 10 threads in the collection. And so there will be six winners altogether. It is really killing me not to siphon the stuff off into my own stash, but they sent it to me to give away, so I'm giving it all away. I might have to explore that tulip pink collection myself and just pony up for it. So, again, I have five sampler packs. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, five sampler packs. Each has five threads, uh, five spools of thread each. And then the tulip pink collection has ten spools of thread in it. Um, sampler pack. What I want you to do is leave a comment on my blog, I'm sorry, on the podcast show notes for this episode, and I'll tell you how to get to those in a minute, saying what three things have been the most significant for you about quilting. What three things have been the most significant for you about quilting? And everybody who responds, you will get one chance. I will put your name in once not three times. So one comment, three things that have been the most significant thing for you about quilting. And then I will just randomly select six winners and randomly figure out who gets what and mail it all off. Um, 
please, please, please make sure your email address is somehow visible to me. If you, um, on my blog, when you leave a comment, you have a choice to um, sign in in various ways or post as a guest. If you post as a guest, you've got to make sure I can see your email address um, in the comment because otherwise I may not be able to access it. And if I don't see an email address, I got to exclude you from the giveaway. So make sure I've got that. Um, leave the comment on the episode show notes. How you get to that is go to www.quiltingfortherestofus.com and click on the word podcast on the top, and then you will find the show notes for this episode um, and leave the comment there. Um, What else do I have to say? Oh, I am going to keep this giveaway open until April 30th because I know some people don't listen promptly. I get that. I don't listen promptly all the time to podcasts either. So I will leave this open until April 30th. I'm really hoping that sometime before April 30th, I get the Safari glitch fixed. So you should be able to access through Safari. Um, But I will also make sure that in my blog, which many of you have subscribed to, I will post a link to the show notes so you can access it through Feedly (laughs) if you want to get to my website that way. Um, Otherwise, if you're on your computer, no problem. So leave a comment on the show notes to this episode saying what three things have been the most significant for you about quilting. Make sure I can see your email address in your comment and do it before April 30th so that you can be entered in the giveaway. I'm very excited about this giveaway. This is great. Um, So that's the content for this episode. I do not have a whole lot of listener comments um, from my last episode. I am really hoping that that's just because, you know, you're pondering or you listened to it while you were walking and and weren't really, you know, able to comment. I'm hoping it doesn't indicate that you're still not subscribed to updates (laughs) on on the show notes or something like that. So um, hopefully this is all going to be working. I want to say, first of all, thank you to Jean and Tammy and Liz, who are all new subscribers to my blog via email. Thank you so much for doing that. I'm glad to know that you will absolutely be getting every blog post. I want to say thank you so much to Lori, who posted um, on my work in progress Wednesday post last week about my house on a hill project. She really loves it. And Jay also said she loves the poem, more creativity in addition to the quilting. Um, I kind of created the blog post as sort of a poetic thing. Um, Sarah also loved House on a Hill and Jackie said it was wonderful and Katie I'm sorry, Kati that that Kati of um, I'm sorry, blanking on the name of your blog, I am so sorry Kati, anyway because again, I think of people from Twitter now not blogs Um, Kati said she envies my kids they must have had the best story time every evening (laughs) because of the way I'd written it out Um, you know, we mostly read them stories. I didn't make them up so much, but thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, AJ Dub, Amy, also appreciated my uh, blog post where I posted pictures of my quilt design study group playing with creating her own fabrics. Um, she said it looked like a lot of fun, and she's also happy now that she's able to post with her a uh, comment with her normal username. Um, once I made some adjustments to my blog setting, she's now able to Uh, comment in a way she wanted to. So I'm glad I was able to fix that for you, Amy. And um, Quilt and Jenny posted on 
my blog entry um, that I just posted yesterday about my new projects that I'm starting. I'm starting a scrap quilt using the Jacob's Ladder block, and I posted some pictures. Um, and Quilt and Jenny says, oh, how I love a Jacob's Ladder block. That's how I made Piper's Quilt white and lime green ladders with scrappy outsides. It worked perfectly and is still one of my favorite quilts. The red and white will be spectacular. Can't wait to see it grow. So thank you so much, Quilt and Jenny, for that pat on the back. I had asked specifically, um, one of my issues with scrap quilt, well, not an issue with scrap quilt, but the problem I have making a scrap quilt is my inability to let things truly be random. <laughs> and so I struggle with that. And I am I was saying that I just hope my um, the way I've chosen some colors here and there and, and kind of laying it out in my head will work and I wanted people to reassure me <laughs> so she reassured me thank you so much for that anybody else can still reassure me okay I think that's it for this week I again really appreciate your patience with my website moves those things rarely go smoothly so I really appreciate um, that you've been patient I hope that you will make sure that you do go to the podcast page and leave your comment in the show notes for this episode in order to be entered in the giveaway before April 30th. And once again, thank you so much to Orophil for um, sponsoring this giveaway. I really, really appreciate it. Again, remember, six winners, five winning sample packs, one winning a sample pack of the Tula Pink collection. It's a really good option. So... I think that's it for this episode. You know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow me on Twitter and Pinterest and Goodreads and um, where else? Thread Bias, Craftsy, a few other places. Um, I'm Sandy Quilts in all of those places, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us um, Facebook page. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Please do. I love seeing your pictures. You can join the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup from there. And also the Quilt Cabana one. That one is very, very active. So make sure you join that one as well. Um, and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team. You can find links. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't yet. I haven't gotten those links up there. I will work on that. Um, you will eventually be able to find links for all of that at my website at quiltingfortherestofus.com. There's some other good stuff up there, though, so you should visit. And again, this show is also on Stitcher. You can listen to Quilting for the Rest of Us on your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and other devices with Stitcher. That's it for this episode. So until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.